0: Hi there, ho there. I'm Anne. And I'm London. And this is Entertainment Mania, where onions make you cry, but we really hope that we make you laugh. Tonight, we're going to be talking about a movie that came out recently, directed by Ryan Johnson, the sequel to Knives Out, which is The Glass Onion, which is why we started with the little onion joke. My sister says I have this terrible habit where I have to explain every joke I tell because in my brain, it's funnier when I explain it. And she says, you ruin it every time. (laughs) So there we go. That's my explaining of the joke for the evening. Tell your sister I love her. It's Rhiannon. You know it's Rhiannon. (laughs) Well, then Rhiannon knows that I love her. (laughs) Yeah. We had a whole conversation about that already. We sure did. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, welcome everybody today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hey there. Hi there. How there? <laughs> uh, well, let's start London with a spoiler-free review. Would you I'm like to go first? These. Or would you like me to go first?
0: Will you please go first? Because I'm bad at these.
1: Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> okay. So Glass Onion is, of course, it's like a sequel to Knives mm-hmm. Out. Um, it follows the same detective and mystery ensues and blah 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 um the when the movie started I wasn't so sure how I felt about it it felt a little bit um I don't know if cliche is the right word yeah. um the first 20 minutes or so I was like okay we're just building up here we're just introducing characters it feels kind of you know I I, I don't know how to explain it without spoiling anything but the first 20 (laughs) minutes to me I was really not sure how I was going to feel about the movie and then a specific point happens and I will tell you what that is when we get into our spoiler stuff but there's a specific point I want to say about 20 minutes in where it just clicks for me and the ball starts rolling and it just Uh, gets better and better and better and better overall I think it's probably even with Knives Out I don't really think one's better than the other Um I feel like this one, I was more entertained throughout the whole film versus knives out. At least in my experience, I think I enjoyed the idea and the premise of knives out a little bit more than this one. Um, but I still love both of them. Uh, five out of five stars and go watch it. If you haven't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and shoot, now I have to put words together. Um, So this film, I I really enjoyed Nathan Johnson's soundtrack from the first one, and I was really hoping that we were going to get the same sort of sound in in this movie, and we we got something similar, but it was different and in the best way possible, because it's it felt um, like like the whole. Thromby theme that we get in Knives Out is very much. This is this is old money. This is um like there. There's history here and everything. But but then with um this one, it it came across a little bit more like just eccentric sort of sound. And and to a certain extent, and you you get sounded, that from the yeah. trailer quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. If you've seen the trailers, you know that this this film was very much just a gathering of a whole bunch of in-universe, famous, rich people um, who we also know are in our world famous and rich as well because they're actors. Um, but it, it was interesting to get to see um, this fun little meld of uh, reality and fantasy that and, and by fantasy, I mean fiction. It wasn't actually fantasy. But um, this film blurred the lines a lot more. And I didn't hate it. Sometimes, like, um, you'll watch a show and they'll, like, mention social media or something. And you're like, oh, please don't. Please don't. I don't need to know that you know that exists, too. Because I'm already embarrassed that I know that exists. Like... I was watching Wednesday recently and every single time Edith brings up TikTok, I'm like, Oh no, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) not that app, (laughs) not that one. But like in, in this film, it was a lot more, um, uh, relevant. And in murder mystery films, it's always very important what time you're dealing with, because that, uh, that determines what sort of weapons you have available and what sort of evidence you're able to collect and what sort of laws that you're dealing with and that sort of stuff. And so, I, I loved how well he cemented it into a specific time for um, this film. It was very well done, and I, I really enjoyed it. The acting was fantastic, and um, the twist I did not see coming at all. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, I really, really enjoyed this film. I liked the first one as well, and I highly recommend both. I'm still trying to get my dad to watch the first one.
1: It'll have a ranking day. out of five stars.
0: Out of five stars, I'd give it a good four point five. Hmm. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it.
1: All right, okay. Well, now we've hit our spoiler alert.
0: Spoilers ahead. Be prepared. Wee woo. Wee Beware. Wee.
1: I would add a siren right there if I had sound effects, but I don't beedle, feel like putting that in. So beedle,
0: beedle. now you just have my annoying voice in the background. Beedle. Thanks, London. Beedle. Might have to reuse that. Yay. <laughs> I'll do it again later.
1: <laughs> all right. So let's start with this. Um, how? Let's talk about this movie versus Knives Out. We've already talked about it a little bit, but let's get into a, a few specifics. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, you've already talked about how, like, Knives Out felt like old money. Mm-hmm. Old millionaire, it, billionaire it, it money. Was, it was
0: interesting because um, it wasn't all that old. But it was still older than um, the money, the, the the rich people that we're dealing with in um, Glass Onion. Because in both films, it's um, the antagonists are all very, very rich people who do not care about those around them very much. They like they have so much money that they they can just throw money at problems and it'll quote solve itself. But it really just kind of like disappears for a little while to resurface later, um, which I, I really like the the narrative that he has going on about how um, like uh, m- time is money, money is power, power is pizza, and all that. Um, but <laughs> I'm quoting Parks and Rec now.
1: <laughs> oh, is that what that's but,
0: from? Yeah, that's from Parks and Rec. Um, but the whole. Like money is power to so many people, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so, to have these extremely rich people, because like the the scale of money that we're dealing with in Glass Onion is so much more than what we're dealing with in Knives Out. Because like Knives Out, they're rich, they're comfortable, they own homes, they maybe have a couple extra homes, maybe a boat. The money we're dealing with in. Um, this movie in Glass Onion. This is like I could topple nations if I wanted to. Money, like, oh yeah. He carries his car, his favorite car, around the world to multiple houses, even to this island where he cannot drive it. This is Miles Braun, by the way. He's um, the um, the rich guy in the film. He just he's takes played by this, uh, Edward Norton. Yes, the the original uh, Hulk in the MCU. Hmm. Although I most people don't consider that film part of the MCU, some people do. it's mm, here and there. It doesn't matter. We're getting this. off track <laughs> off track. anyway, <laughs> so he takes his car with him around the world just because he I guess he goes everywhere with it. That's just his thing. He goes everywhere with this car, and like that is that is st- stupid amounts of money that I wouldn't even know what to do with like I'd have to give it away because at some point I'd be like I I don't know what to do with this anymore. I I have what I need. What do I do with this now? <laughs> anyway, yeah, and he chooses
1: yeah. to use that money and that power and basically uh, hold it over people is he what does. he does. And that was so intriguing. Like <clears throat> okay, so there's a moment in the film where um Benoit um Detective Blanc is um talking about i'm trying to remember exactly how he says it but Mm -hmm. um
0: was it the one where he's like miles isn't stupid enough to do that that's exactly what it was okay no, no, because no. that one's a good but
1: he says the exact opposite he's like you're you're not a." he's like you're not brilliant you're actually just really stupid basically yeah. is what he says and i thought that was so intriguing because it was like this guy's not brilliant like he didn't come by his money by doing smart things he did it by manipulating people which in a sense is smart but it's not like it's like not he's like he not actually
0: it. intellectually smart he's more people smart. He knows how to figure out what they want from him and then leverage it to get them to do what he wants.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which he does multiple times throughout the film. Mm I thought that was really,
0: I don't know, really interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that you can be people smart without being like, um, like, um, the difference between Miles and Lionel, Lionel, uh, who's played by Leslie Odom Jr., which this is the second time he's been in a murder mystery film, I think. I think he's really enjoying these. What was the other one? The other one was, was Murder on the Orient Express. That one was oh, with Chris uh, right. Brownoff. And yeah. And so like, which is really funny because um, the, the Poirot, who knows if I'm saying that correctly, stories are uh, very much inspired um knives out and glass onion and it's very clear because Benoit Blanc is very much not a Sherlock Holmes character he's a Poirot character oh yeah where he's he's smart but he's a little eccentric and um And if you if you don't know what we're talking
1: yeah. about this is the detective from um, Murder on the Orient
0: Express Mhm yeah that's uh hercule poirot i'm not french and i cannot speak french so i know i'm saying (laughs) that wrong um so uh let me know how it's supposed to be pronounced and maybe we'll have a chat later anyway um but yeah like um the the sherlock holmes character that we typically see in modern media is very much very aloof he doesn't really care about people he's um like Benedict Cumberbatch, his version is very much a high functioning sociopath. He does not understand emotions. He doesn't super care about people. The original Sherlock Holmes is a little bit less like that. Um, but uh, the most important part about uh, Benoit Blanc is that he like he he likes solving these mysteries for fun, but the whole point, is that he wants to help someone like, and that was made so incredibly clear when he was um, revealing the whole story in *Knives Out*, and he takes the time to like pause all of this and go over to Marta and talk to her about the situation and make sure that she knows she wasn't actually the thing that killed. Um, uh, what's his face? The uh, he has a name. The old guy. She wasn't the reason that he had to. Commit fake suicide. Um, that she was a good nurse. Like he goes out of his way to make sure she knows that before oh, yeah. continuing this on. This with,
1: isn't just a job yeah. for him. This is because, like, this is his fun. moment to
0: say all of his fun, cool stuff. Like he's smart. He's the center of attention now. And typically, like. the the Sherlock Holmes characters that we know of are typically like in their moment. They're like, yes, I'm the smart one. I know what happened and they're like showing off and everything. And Benoit Blanc is all like, it's like, I, I'm just looking for the truth and I'm trying to make sure people um, get the justice that they deserve.
1: So this is a really interesting point to bring up because there was one moment in the film when I was like, this is this is not the Detective Blanc that I knew. So You're so right. <laughs> and it's when he solves the fake murder mystery at the party about halfway mm-hmm. through the movie, when he's all excited he's and off. telling all the details. And I'm thinking, okay, first of all, I was like, this just shows how brilliant he is. But also, I feel like that was very out of character for him. I was like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, yes, he would want mm-hmm. to solve it, but I feel like he'd be more sophisticated about it i feel like he'd play into the game a bit more and then we get the next scene where he's like okay i I ruined it on purpose because you've brought all these people to your home and all of them have a reason to kill you it was like oh okay that makes sense and then we get the twist um Mm -hmm. in the movie where we find out he's actually there because um helen brand has hired him because her sister like If you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. Um, (laughs) But then that one scene, thinking back to it, made so much more sense to me. Because it was Mm -hmm. like, he's putting on this character for them. He still has a purpose. He still has a reason. It wasn't out of character. He literally did that on purpose.
0: Mm -hmm. I think the first, the, the moment when I started to not necessarily see the twist coming, but just like see that there were, there was some sort of communication happening between Blanc and who at the time I thought was still Andy right. was when um, when when we get to that scene in the film where like shoot she got shot she's dead now we can't get the, like there's a whole bunch of truth and information that we will not be able to get a hold of now and it was the look on his face as he's looking over at her uh, fake corpse because uh, we find out later no she did not die because um, the journal that she had in her suit coat pocket that was her sister's pluck the bullet, which thank goodness she doesn't die. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was so worried. <laughs> I have thoughts on that, too. <laughs> anyway, so um, the look and how furious he was. Like, it was clear that he cared about... Like, the, the fun thing about... Um, not the fun thing. Uh, another one of the stark differences between, like, say, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes and Benoit Blanc is that for Benedict Cumberbatch, a murder is a game. It's a mystery. It's fun to solve. He doesn't always like, like, he's excited about a murder because it's a, a game for him to solve. And he doesn't always think about the people that are being affected by this. And yet, but uh, like, over with Benoit Blanc, he's like, no one was supposed to die. This was a murder mystery game. And I, would, I specifically was trying to avoid this. I ruined the game, hopefully, to avoid this. And just like that seething rage on his face. I was like, "Ah, oh, there might be a little bit more here. Maybe he, he knows a little bit more and everything. Um, yeah, it was very interesting so interesting
1: so um should we talk about okay so (laughs) yes so we'll get to that in just a second okay but um now that we're when we're talking now that we're talking about this scene i did want to bring up one thing i really liked about the movie where um when andy dies um before we have it revealed that she actually didn't die when we think Mm -hmm. that she's dead all i can think is Oh my gosh, like they've killed off another person and I was really sad because she's actually from the moment we see her on screen, she was my favorite character. The second that she picks she's up so that hammer, mysterious. the second Aloof. that she picks up that hammer to open the box.
0: I was like, like this woman is my so favorite. So different from everyone else.
1: I just I loved it. I loved her a character. I was like who is this woman? Why like I was so intrigued. Anyway, so she was my favorite character. So when she died, I was like, "Dang it." But the second that we go back in time and start to get the story of Helen and her sister Andy being murdered when that starts to click and we realize that Helen's going to go undercover as her sister. That was when I went, they did not kill her off. They wouldn't. That's all I can think. I was like, they, that one of two things I was like, they either did not kill her off or this is going to fuel Blanc in his ultimate, like, figuring out the murder mystery all that Mm -hmm. stuff i knew it was going to be one of the two but my money was more on she didn't die so when we go back to that scene and see it from a different perspective and find out that she didn't die i was like i knew it
0: i knew it she's alive (laughs) i was so happy. vindication (laughs) i was right oh yeah so good.
1: All right. This film um, is so interesting. Let's talk about some of our favorite quotes from the movie.
0: Because there oh, were some yes.
1: really, really good lines. Mm-hmm.
0: You want to bring it up Should your we start with first? our favorite one? Yes. Okay. So my favorite one is one that I am absolutely going to be throwing at people for the next 40 years. So prepare yourselves. Um, <clears throat> it's, it comes in a very interesting scene. Um, like, we're We're having all this fun little, very testy chit chat between all of the quote disruptors sitting around in their little Greek pool house thing, not quite a pool house, just a little I don't even know what to call it a little area near the pool. They're all kind of chilling, and Benoit is clearly the odd one out. he's wearing the most clothes out of everyone and by the way, he was a walking Greek flag, and that was hilarious because he was in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Birdie, who is um, such an interesting character because she is so vapid and so uncaring. Like, I've seen so many people like her on the internet where they're just like, I I, I don't care what you think about what I say. I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And she even says that in the scene. She says, I'm just a truth teller. I, I say it like it is. And Benoit says, it is a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Which like I had to pause the film. I was like, oh shoot, I'm going to be, I got to write that down. I'm going to be repeating that. I'm going to tattoo that on myself or something like, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. And it is absolutely true. All too often people think just spitballing and saying what you're immediately thinking means you're saying the truth. But i find that my first thought is not always the best one and it's tip like like you'll have a thought and your first one is like something mean or something like you see someone who's i don't know maybe not as well put together or something your first thought is oh that that pair of pants is not working for you or something and your second thought is what are you talking about leave them (laughs) alone like what is happening it it thinking about things more has always always worked out better for me than just saying what i think off the top of my head um and i that that quote absolutely resonated with me especially in that situation how often people just say whatever they want on the internet and it comes back to bite them because they didn't think it through and they didn't think of um how it may come across, like they missed a comma or something. I don't know. But missing a comma is less of speaking without thought and more just I forgot about commas. <laughs> 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 but anyway. <laughs> it, yeah, it it really was an intriguing line.
1: Quote. Um when my family watches movies, we don't usually talk. <laughs> we we like to sit down and just watch a movie, right? And um so we're sitting watching this movie last night and um, my mom actually turns to me after that line and goes, oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) And I I couldn't help but like, you know, giggle a little bit because it was a great line and I had the exact same thought. Um, One of my other lines that I, one of the other lines that I loved, and it wasn't as like in depth as that one, um, but in the scene when um, Detective Blanc goes into Miles's office in The Glass Onion, and he mm-hmm. goes, I love the idea of a glass onion, where you can see all the layers and the depth to it, and yet your eyes are staring at what's directly in the middle. Mm-hmm. and The that layers not ex- nothing to hide it. Exactly. That wasn't exactly it, but it was something very, very similar to that. And yeah. I loved that line, because A, it gives so much more depth to the idea of the movie, besides the fact that this house is called the glass onion, you know? Mm-hmm. And be just this idea of this glass onion where you can see the layers you can see the depth it's not just like you're looking through a window at something it's like there is layers and layers of stuff but you can still see the answer you can still Mm -hmm. see what's at the middle
0: i just it's so cool brilliant film uh should we talk about um the what am i trying to say oh the cultural references because there were actually a lot and they were very interesting. And then we could do cameos if we want, or both at the same time. Um, because <laughs> sure, for the most you start. part, the references go right along with the cameos. Um, so I'm pretty sure that the film is set in the first... I'm pretty sure it's set in May of 2020.
1: That's what I remember seeing. That's what, yeah. it,
0: that's what it appears to be set in. Late May,
1: Um, early June of 2020. I think it starts in late May. And I want to say by the time they actually all get together, it might be early June at that
0: point. Mm -hmm. Because um, it very specifically has a backstory that happened in the last couple months. Oh, not even not even like a full couple. Well, yeah, a couple months where they're in a court case on trial and no one is wearing masks. But then later when they all meet up, which speaking of this was a very telling scene just the way everybody showed up and how they were wearing their mask told you exactly how much they were going to care about other people in this film because like Birdie shows up with like literally a it's like barely lace barely lace uh, to a mask and then Duke and Whiskey aren't even wearing masks um let's see who else uh the senator is she a senator governor? Yeah, Governor Claire, she's wearing yeah. a mask. Um, yeah, but, but it her is mask a little is... haphazard, and you yes. can tell that it's like she might have made this herself or or someone around her, and and it's like I'm running late. And all I hazard- care about is yes. that I'm wearing it. It's like only half on. Sometimes she's clearly very busy and harried all the time, and then um, Lionel has this probably rather quote, high-tech mask that he's wearing that um, uh, he keeps on for uh, up until they do that. (laughs) Ethan Hawke just shows up and starts spraying (laughs) people. (laughs) That was the funniest cameo. He just comes out of nowhere and he's like, hi, everyone. (laughs) This is where get on the boat. Captain will take you there. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to spray this stuff in your mouth. What was that stuff? I have no idea. It's probably some sort of uh, uh, something that was supposed to, not necessarily be a um, vaccine for COVID at the time, but just like something to, I don't know, keep everybody safe for a little while. Theoretically, I don't, I don't we, it, it wasn't the point of the film. It's fine. It just kind of got through it. At some point in the film, I was like, wait, was that for the hydrogen gas that that fuel was making this whole time? Was that what it was really for or something? That never paid off so I, I don't think it was for that. And that's totally fine. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody's wearing their little masks. Very interesting. Um, another thing that showed up, you all remember the game we were obsessed with at the beginning of COVID because we were all stuck inside and couldn't play anything together. Among Us was in the film and you would not believe who was playing the game with Benoit Blanc in the bath. It was... In universe, Angela Lansbury, Steven Sondheim, and two other people whose names I cannot remember off the top of my head, but they were that was Steven Sondheim. That was Stephen that's Sondheim. who I
1: recognized. Oh my yes. gosh! I that recognized was Angela oh, like, He was <laughs> right
0: above Angela Lansbury <laughs> on the little Zoom call, and it was also a very, like looking back on it, an extremely telling scene for. Um, Benoit as a person versus Miles Braun as a person because Benoit has spent, according to Angela Lansbury or maybe somebody else, and according to Philip as well, his his partner, a full week in the bath. How do you do that? I do not know. But <laughs> he's kind of losing it in quarantine. And so they, they have him play this game with him. They're like just trying to keep in touch and still uh, make sure he's okay and everything and these are extremely famous people that have gone out of their way to make sure that their little friend their little friend detective is okay and it's really cute and sweet and everything and then later we have Miles Braun inviting his disruptors who each each and every one of them have a very good reason to want him dead and Invites them all to this weekend, and not one of them really wants to be there.
1: I thought that was so interesting when the murder mystery game was over, and they were basically all like, "Yeah, I'm going home. I'm I'm going." It's
0: like, who cares? I'm I'm out of here, and everything. It was very telling that, like, they've supposed they're supposed to have been friends for years. They do this sort of thing every single year, and they're all very they've got these little um fake smiles on their faces the whole time all just oh we're so glad to see you and it's it's very clear that there's it was so clear that something wacky was happening in the group when andy showed up and all of them were like what is she doing here like why are you here and it was was like yeah super interesting Um, Were there any other references that I can think of? Oh, the most interesting references of all were the um, shots that were specifically made to look like famous pieces of art. Um, There were a few of them, um, but the two that I remember best were um, when, when Helen is breaking crap and running around and burning stuff in the house because they no longer have physical evidence. And so they can't exactly just arrest Miles Braun. And she's like, okay, well I'm going to start destroying stuff. And <laughs> Benoit gave her the idea to remember the, like remember the reason why your sister said no. And, and that was supposed to be an immediate callback to the hydrogen gas. Like this right. place is going to blow. All you need is the spark or the right spark in the right spot. Um, and so she's breaking stuff. And then it becomes clear that she's headed towards the Mona Lisa, which I I heard a theory somewhere that someone was saying like, that was absolutely not actually the Mona Lisa. Like they just gave him like a print on wood because of like how quickly it burned or something like that i don't remember what either way either Mm -hmm. way um uh helen goes to destroy the the mona lisa which is like the most famous piece of art that we have full stop period i know i know some people were kind of mad about that but me personally was like like this is Like, I I get that as, like, history. Don't destroy history, blah, 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 blah. But, like, Miles Braun was basically asking for this. Like, Mm -hmm. he brought this here. He specifically dumbed down the security. He knows he's living on top of an actual, like, bomb. He's creating this hydrogen bomb around him just by using this super efficient clear with a K gas or whatever to fuel his... Stupid little glass island. And uh, so interesting. Anyway, she blows this thing up and the shot of his face when he's like losing it and freaking out about this looks very similar to uh Scream by um name, 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 yeah. name, 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 name. Yeah, no, I hadn't realized name, that. Name, 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 name. name. What's it name? Vincent Van Gogh. Thank you. Vincent Van Gogh, um, or guff, however you want to say it. There's another one, um, after she's destroyed everything and she's sitting out on the beach, there's a shot of her just sitting and staring at the camera. And it looks very similar to Mona Lisa herself where, and and I love that they did that because the whole thing about the Mona Lisa smile is that you can't always tell whether she's happy or sad. You can't tell. And like, Helen sitting there in her vindication is is she happy is she sad her sister's still dead that's never going to change no amount of retribution against Miles Braun is ever going to bring her sister back and that is the saddest bit and I love that they did that shot that that little Mona Lisa smile shot oh so good brilliant you guys can't see also, it. Also, there's my jaw a painting. Dropped, so <laughs> Also there's a painting that Miles Braun has in his house that is upside down. He he's an idiot. He put it upside down. That was also one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> when when he's like explaining the whole mystery and he's like, Miles Braun is an idiot. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> very good i've spoken a lot do you have any more thoughts
1: well you just reminded me of something one part of the movie that like i did not understand but like i it's the guy that was on the island with them
0: oh yeah yeah i'm not entirely certain what that was supposed to be i'd say that i did like <laughs> my
1: one of my only criticisms of the movie because I don't. That he's just there. It's like like what does there's he do? gotta the whole time I was like there's gotta be a reason, right? But he literally was not important. He was just comedy relief the entire time. There is mm-hmm. not one moment where it was like, oh, that's important to the story. No,
0: no, it is just jokes the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I I don't even know what to say about that because I've I've never. Been in contact with a per- person rich enough that you could have a friend over and have them exist, like just existing in your house completely separate from a rather large dinner party that you're having for an entire weekend. Like, I do not understand that at all. And it's just, he's just in the background, just eating cereal, doing whatever he's doing. And like, I think perhaps the point of that was simply to show that Miles doesn't actually care about any of his friends. Because, like, he's having a friend over, and he even said at some point he's going through some stuff, and then proceeded not to talk to or include him at all the entire weekend.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, he was in the background, and nobody cared. Maybe that's what it was supposed to be? I don't know. (laughs) But that was what I thought of just now. I don't know. I didn't like
1: absolutely hate it, but at the same time, it was like, does this need to be here? And how would the movie feel if it wasn't there?
0: Yeah, it was you know, weird.
1: like would it feel like the movie was missing
0: something if he wasn't there? Or it, like this is almost be like the 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 sexy lamp test, which is um like there there are two tests that we can do for movies to figure out the quality of the female representation within the film it there's the bechdel test and there's the sexy lamp test which is absolutely referring to a christmas story um (laughs) basically um we we know what the bechdel test is it's like the the movie can only pass the test if there are two named women in a scene talking about something other than a man um and then um the sexy lamp test is is it possible for you to remove this character and replace them with a sexy lamp without changing the plot at all? And if so, yikes. Um, I I saw a very interesting TikTok video about it, and the woman who was explaining it said that she prefers the Bechdel test for, like, um, uh, talking about movies as a whole. Like, over the course of a year, four of the movies in the theaters passed the Bechdel test or something like that. Because, like, the Bechdel test doesn't really work for individual characters, but it does work for movies. Meanwhile, the um, sexy lamp test works for individual characters. Could you replace this character with a sexy lamp without changing the plot at all? Which, um... In, let's see, in, um... This movie, I had, there wasn't a single character you could replace with a sexy lamp without changing it, except for that dude.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: He was <laughs> the sexy lamp. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I never thought that we would talk thoughts?
1: about sexy lamps on this podcast.
0: You're welcome. Of course. Thank you. I'm starting to lose my voice. But uh, yeah. I think
1: we covered basically everything. I could talk about a lot more in this movie. I mean, I could talk about characters. I could talk about costumes. I, I could, will happily talk about that with you. Do you want to talk but, about that? Um, I would keep going, but
0: I think we've talked. Then Blanc enough. in his little outfits. Benoit Blanc and his little outfits. Also, um, I saw a post on Tumblr that was like, Knives Out was very much a fall aesthetic, and this one was very much summer aesthetic. So now we need a spring and a winter one to like yes, finish it please. all off. And so the idea they proposed was like a spring wedding for the next one, and winter snowed in at a cabin sort of mystery for the next one. And that, that I love both those ideas. Ryan Johnson, whatever you're doing. I believe in you now, like so, like you did after Last Jedi. Like, mm-hmm, but oh boy, I'm the one so well stumble the Out series, the one stumble
1: yeah. that I think that this movie had was, was the they dude. did not release <laughs> it in theaters <laughs> long enough.
0: Yes, it, it was in theaters. I just saw it on Netflix. How long it, was so, it in theaters?
1: Okay, so for those of you who are not aware, it is technically a Netflix original film. However, Mm -hmm. it was in theaters, but it was only in theaters for like a week. It was released the day before Thanksgiving. And it was, I want to say, it was only there till like the following Tuesday. Like it was five or six days. That was it. Yeah, that's
0: not a lot of time.
1: It should have been in theaters longer. In fact, you can look it up. There were new news articles about this. They missed out on millions of dollars because they only put it in theaters for like less than a week. If they had left it in theaters all the way up to say like the week that they released it on Netflix, they could have made so much more money. I know for a fact I would have watched it both in theaters and on Netflix if that had been the case. Mm-hmm. But there's my criticism of the movie. It's that dude and the fact that they didn't release it in theaters long enough. So, there you go. Any other thoughts,
0: London? Any other thoughts? Hmm. Uh, Should we take that as a no? Should we say goodnight? Uh, yeah, I think it's a no. <laughs>
1: Alright, well, everybody... Oh, Hugh Grant's
0: cameo was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we could keep talking about this, but...
1: You know. Yeah. Anyways... Thanks everybody for joining us. We really appreciate it. Check us on an Instagram on um, at a med You've got
0: this, I believe, what in is po- you
1: Entertainment. Entertainment Mania,
0: Pod mania Podcast. Podcast. There you go.
1: Wow. I'm paying attention barely.
0: Mm-hmm, but I'm paying attention. You got
1: Follow this. Follow us on Instagram at Entertainment Mania Podcast. And we do also run a Tumblr page, which is entertainment dash mania, which we have not updated in months but we will that
0: i think that's supposed to be my job should that be my job so sure, that I we'll have... make it your job okay it should be my job i'll send you the pictures so and i'll contribute a little bit more <laughs> other than my voice <laughs> <laughs> my voice
1: that that's my, my voice?
0: voice oh well Ten
1: brownie <laughs> points for whoever can name that movie <laughs> anyways thanks for joining us everybody and good night
0: love you all bye